0: Hello guys. Thank you guys for joining. I'm so glad that you guys could join today. So we have been going through Psalm 23. And with this, this is the the Psalm that talks about the valley of the shadow of death. And, And you may be wondering, well, gosh, it's Christmas season. Like, why are you talking about something so depressing? Well, here's the deal, guys, is if you haven't been with us, we've really talked a lot about how with being a Christian, sometimes there's that expectation or that pressure to be something that you're not, to act a certain way just because it's the Christmas season, just because it's the holidays. And yes, there is a an awesome piece of what Jesus did. He came, he died for us, he was born, that's what we're celebrating. There's joy, there's peace, there's hope, there's love, there's all of those things. And we don't want those things to diminish. We don't want to not talk about those things. But at the same time, some of us during the Christmas season, during the holidays, for whatever reason, some of us go through difficult things. Sometimes it's things of the past that got brought up. Sometimes that's a season where you just think more about the loved ones that you've lost or the things that you've grieved in your life. And so this year, instead of doing a regular Advent series, I really felt the Holy Spirit was telling me to do this, to go through Psalm 23, to talk about that we do go through difficult things. We do go through challenging things. But what does that look like? with God, right? Because there's a, there's us going through things when we are not in a relationship with God, when we don't know that God is there, when we don't understand his love for us. But then there's the other side of that, of what does it look like to go through those difficult trials, those difficult tribulations, when God is with us and we know that he is with us, when we we can stand on his promises and we hold tight to the things that he tells us. And so throughout this series, I hope that a lot of you have found comfort. Um, Thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable. Last week, I just really opened up and shared where I'm at because, you know, and I was like, gosh, I can't believe I shared all that. But at the same time, it's so good because I think then it opens it up to say, hey, even no matter who you are, no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at in your walk with the Lord, there's still life, right? Life still happens. Things still happen. And and, and what does that look like whenever we're in the middle of it? And, And how can we stand on the promises of God during that? So today we are looking at Psalm 23, 3, um, because we're breaking down Psalm verse by verse. So I want to read this Psalm today. And it says in verse 3, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. I love this verse so much. And when I was studying, I actually looked up the Amplified Classic version. And I want to read that to you guys because there's so much that we can get out of this. It says, he refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, of uprightness and right standing with him. Not for my earning, but for his name's sake And so when we read through this and when I was studying this I felt like there were two things there were two promises in this specific version that I really wanted to go over with you guys And so the first thing that we're going to talk about is how God is all about restoration God restores us He restores us now when I was looking up the word restoration I looked it up in the amplifier in the uh, the Webster's 1828 dictionary and I highly recommend if you like to study, if you, um, if you like to study the Bible and if you like to learn in a deeper way, then get a, a version of this or get it online and look up scripture or look up uh, words in this version of the dictionary because it really gives you a better biblical understanding of what words mean. So I'm going to read through, um, there's five different meanings and I want to read through them and I want you just to listen to what this word restoration means. So the first one is the act of replacing in a former state. The act of replacing in a former state. What does that mean? It means that you're going back to that former state. Whenever I read this, I really saw a picture of the Garden of Eden. And how God originally intended us to have relationship with him. There was no barriers. There was no sin. There was nothing in between him and Adam and Eve that was that was causing any kind of problems. But what happens and entered the world and we know the rest of the story. But how was it originally intended? What did God originally intend for us to be like? He intended that. So that is the act of replacing to a former state. Number two is the renewal or revival or reestablishment. I love that. I love that it has the word revival there. What is a revival? It's that, that point where we come to, and a lot of times we see this in the church. We've seen this in history where the church is like, man, there's a movement of God. God is working and God is always working, isn't he? We're always in a state of revival. We just don't understand that. We don't have a revelation of that, but there'll be these revivals where they'll come in, they'll bring the word. It's like people are um, people are changing. People are giving their lives to Jesus. We see these movement movements throughout history that just makes it, And impacting God is constantly in the process of of revival, of renewal. And the number three is recovery. And it says renewal of health and soundness. And the number four is recovery from a lapse or any bad state. So as we read all these definitions, we see it's not just restoration in one piece, right? God is completely restoring humanity little by little back to the way that we are originally intended to be. And this last one, it says in theology, and it says universal restoration, the final recovery of all men from sin and alienation from God to a state of happiness and then it says universal salvation now this isn't talking about universalism right this is talking about the fact that jesus died for us what is what is john three sixteen? for god so loved the world that he sent his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life so it's saying that god sent his son to die for the world but then we have a choice We are the whosoevers. We're the ones that get to choose. And when we choose, we are restored. I want you to hear that. When we choose, we are restored. And it's a constant thing in our life, isn't it? God's constantly restoring us. You know, I look back at my life and I look at where I came from and I look at all of the bad things that I did. You know, I grew up in the church. I knew uh, the Bible in a sense. I knew church in a sense i probably even knew some theology in a sense but i didn't know god i and so because i didn't understand God's love for me I didn't understand that he wanted me to have a relationship with me um or with him it, i didn't understand any of that because of that then i acted out i i was a i was a sinner and I went what i call to the dark side I lived a very dark life of destruction i had just a lot of pain I had a lot of things in my life I don't have time to get into to my whole testimony. But I say that I was one of the worst of the worst sinners, just like Paul talks about how bad he was. He had this revelation when he gave his life to Christ of like, man, I was just such a bad person. And, and I think sometimes it's when you get to that point, you can't go anywhere up but up, right? You can't go anywhere but up. And and so I came to that point in my life and, and God wanted to restore that. And for so long, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that he wanted me. I thought that I was too far Gone. And and there were actually people that told me I was too far gone. There were people that told me that I had just gone over the line, that that I had done too much, and I, I could never be restored to God because I messed up too much. But the beautiful thing about restoration is it doesn't once say that we have to do anything, right? It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's not about us. It's about God and His goodness and His love for us. And so His goal is to completely restore humanity. And yes, at the end of all of this, life, then yes, that will will happen, right? If we read all the way to the end of the book, we see that God completely restores humanity. But in the process, he's restoring us little by little by little. Sanctification process, right? And so whenever I came to that place in my life, I gave my life to Jesus. I gave it all up. And then there was work to be done, wasn't there? Because it's not like we give our lives to Jesus and all of a sudden we're just this perfect little person that doesn't ever sin again, right? And and that's what brings us to number two. And now this is so important. What is the second promise of this verse? It says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him, not for my earning but for his name's sake. So I want to break this down because there's even two parts of this. So the first part is is just the obvious part. Why are we righteous? We are only righteous because, and and what does righteous mean? If you don't know what righteous means, it just simply means right standing with God, where there's no sin that separates us. And, And so what does it mean for us to be in right standing with God? It's simply this. Or how are we in right standing with God? It's simply this. It's that Jesus is, and when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, then we are in him. So the minute that you say yes to Jesus, the minute that you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead instantaneously, instantaneously. You don't have to do anything, but instantaneously you are now in right standing with God. And it's only because Jesus paid that price. He stood in the gap. He bore our sins. He took on sin as his own, and he paid the price that we should have, but we could not pay. He did that all for us. And when we accept that, we accept his forgiveness. We accept what he did. We believe, we say, God, you are my Lord. You are my savior, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. When we say that, when we believe that, then instantaneously we are now in right standing with God. It says, it tells us in the Bible that whenever Jesus died, the, and the. The earth shook and the veil tore from top to bottom. The veil is what had God's presence on the other side of it. And now it's accessible to all, to all men. It's part of the restoration process, right? And so whenever we accept him, we need to understand that we are in right standing with him. That is the first and and the, and the most important, not in the most important, but you need to grasp this before you can move on to the second part of the scripture. Because if you don't understand that you are in right standing with God, then what we're about to talk about, you're going to start trying to do it yourself. And that's not, that would be works. That would be what we call works of the flesh. And that's not what we're called to do. So really, if you, if you struggle with this, i want to encourage you to read over this scripture and find other scriptures that talk about how you are in right standing with God, how it's not about you. It's not about what you've done or what you haven't done. If it was, then I wouldn't be in right standing with God. Because all of those things that I did would take me out of that right standing. With God, and same with you. But it's about Jesus. It's about what He did. It's about how He stood in our place. And when we say yes to Him, when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, then instantaneously we are now in right standing with God. We are now righteous, but we're only righteous because we're in Christ. So we say that is our new art, part of our new identity, that we are in right standing with God because of Jesus. Now the second part of this, and I want to read this again. He leads me in the. Path paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him. Now listen to this, not for my earning it, not for my earning it. It's not just about us. We didn't earn it, but what is it for? But for his name's sake. So he gets the glory. See, it's not about us. It's not about us earning it, right? We couldn't do it. We weren't enough. We had to die with Jesus. And now we're alive in Christ. We had to die with him on the cross. Now we're alive in Christ. And it's not about what we did or didn't do. Again, somebody needs to hear that. It's not about your past. It's not about how far gone you were. It's not about all the bad things that you did. It's about Jesus. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. And you are now righteous in Christ. Now, what do we do with that? We can just sit there and we can soak in that and we can just be like, oh, this is so wonderful. Or when we are going through difficult times, when we are going through trials, when we are going through tribulations, when we are going through hard situations, what can we do? We can walk out that righteousness. And that is what we're called to do, right? Whenever I was studying this, I was just up in my room, uh, gosh, an hour ago, studying this and really praying and just seeking God on this. And he gave me this vision of a bunch of Christians at this a big, huge table. It was like, bigger than Thanksgiving. I mean, there was steak. It was medium rare. I don't know. It could be charcoal if you like that, I guess, but it was medium rare for me. It had the buttery biscuits. There were like the green beans with the garlic and mushrooms. There was just all kinds of food, and there were tons of Christians, and I was sitting there, and we were feasting on the goodness of God, and we were just so excited and, and walking in peace and joy and, and all of the promises of God, and then all of a sudden, it was like the Lord took me out of that, and he took me out on the outskirts out of that that room that we were all in with that table. And he began to show me, and I just saw people that were dressed in rags and and they were down and they were lowly and they were sad and they were depressed and they were dying. Their bodies were withering away. And all of a sudden I had this revelation. I was like, oh my gosh, like sometimes as Christians we get, and it's so good to stand on the promises of God because again, we need to understand that in order to go out and love people, right? But sometimes we get so focused on ourselves And where we're at and so comfortable in our own stuff with our other believing friends, which is, again, it's okay to do that at times. But sometimes, listen to me, sometimes we get so caught up in all of those things that we forget what our purpose is, which is to go out and love God and love people. And there are people outside that are just so hungry for God's presence. They are so hungry for his word. They are so hungry for his love and they don't even know it. They're just walking around in rags. They're all beat up. They're all depressed. They don't look like you and me. They don't smell like you and me. They don't anything like you and me, but we are called to go out and love them because we are righteous in Christ. And God is calling us to step outside of our banquet and go out to the streets and invite people in to eat of the good presence of the Lord, right? We are called to go out and bring people in. And I'm not talking about going out and preaching and throwing a Bible at their face. And like, I'm talking about intangible ways, whatever that looks like. I mean, it could just be going out and telling someone, Hey, you look like you're down. Can I pray for you? Or can I sit with you? Or do you need to talk? Or I don't know what it looks like in your life, but I just have this sense that if all the Christians in the world would go out and love people that the whole world couldn't couldn't say no to Jesus, right? Because God is so good. And when we look at being righteous in Christ, we say, huh, what does that look like to walk that out? Yes, it means we're in right standing with God. But when we look at what that means to walk it out, we look at Jesus. We see how he walked out his right standing with God. He, We see how he loved people that weren't lovable, how he loved people that were in the margins, that weren't popular, that nobody liked. They looked different. They smelled different. They acted different. He was called to the margins. He was called to everyone, but he was called to go out and love God and love people. And when we see that in the word and we see how Jesus is righteous, then how can we not? And again, I think it's hard for us sometimes because. Right now, I know there's a lot of you that are hurting. I know there's a lot of you that are suffering, but man, we have so much in us and we have God in it. We have God in us. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And and I've talked about this before, and I'm going to say it again, but whenever we go out and we love people, when we're hurting. Man, God just works in the background, and we kind of forget about ourselves for a little bit. And it's it's actually quite refreshing. It's quite quite restoring. It's amazing how God will take care of us whenever we're looking out for other people in the world. When we're going out, and and I think there's something to self care. I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. Sometimes people take it to the other extreme, and they're like, "Well, I gotta you know give up everything," and I can't. No, 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 no. You know, love God. Spend time with the Lord. Have your time take care of yourself. Do, you know, do something fun for yourself each week. If you need counseling, get counseling. If you need to go and meet with someone, go and meet, you know, do everything that you can to take care of yourself. Yes. But then also whenever it comes to your trials and your tribulations and hard things that you're going through, learn to surrender those, to trust God, and then just go out and find someone to bless. It is amazing what will happen to you if you do this. I promise, I promise, I promise. As I said last week, I was really struggling. And we were we are still going through a lot of things, but you know what? I just was like, you know what? I want to go out and I want to find some people to bless. I want to do some things. I want to get my mind off of myself. And it seems like the more I did that, the more I was just like, man, God, you are so good. And he began to work in the background. He began to do things. I mean, we're just having one thing after another good happening now. And it's so amazing how God does that. And it doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect. And I didn't do it to get that. I did it because I know this principle is that I am called to go out and love people. I am called to exemplify, to to really show people that I am righteous in Christ and to show them what Christ looks like in me. We are called to be Jesus in the skin. We are called to go out and love people. So I want to pray for you guys today that you would That you would be able to walk out your righteousness, but first that you would have a revelation of what that looks like because that's so important. Again, you need to understand that you are righteous in Christ and then you'll be able to walk that out. See, because if I didn't understand that, then what would I be doing? I'd just be doing all the things that I think I need to do so that I could be approved by God or I could be right with God. But that's not why I do it. I already know I'm right with God. But now that I know that I'm right with God, how can I not go out and love people? Amen? Amen. All right. So Father, I just thank you for everybody listening. God, I just thank you that you're bringing people a revelation right now of who they are, God, a deeper revelation that you love them, a deeper revelation that they are in right standing with you, God, a deeper revelation of your heart to restore humanity, God, even in the depths, even in the hard times, even in the trials, God, I just ask that you give everybody whatever they need, the grace that they need to be able to to go out and love people, to go out and show people that their righteousness in your son, Jesus Christ, God. I just thank you for everyone listening, God. I just thank you that you hear their cries, God, that you are with them and that you love them, God. If they need comfort, give them comfort, God. If they need wisdom, give them wisdom, Father. If they need discernment, give them discernment, God. And if they need direction, give them that too. But Father, first and foremost, I ask that you just show them that they are loved and that they had a deep revelation of that so that they will understand what it means to go out and love others. I thank you for everybody watching, God, and I thank you for what you are doing and how you are working. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for joining. I hope this was encouraging Encouraging to you. I will see you next Friday at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Have a great week. Bye.